Welcome to the Business Bites Podcast, the podcast for busy entrepreneurs. Whether you're an online entrepreneur or seeking after brick and mortar success, this podcast brings you quick bites of content so you can learn and grow anywhere you are. Now here's your host, Rachel Brainke. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Business Bites Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Brinke. I am joined today with Jessica Freeman from Jess Creatives. We're going to talk a little bit about getting started on YouTube and using video to grow your business. I know you guys have seen all the videos that have been going around the internet. We've got all sorts of platforms and it can be completely overwhelming. So I wanted to bring Jessica on to talk to us a little bit just about YouTube. And we're going to mention a couple other platforms, but uh, really the focus is going to be using this platform that's been around for a while uh, and it's still relevant, still ready, and it is tried and true. It has stuck around while other ones have fallen off. So Jess, thanks for being here. Yes, thank you so much for having me on the show. Of course. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself in case the listeners don't know who you are? Of course. Um, I run Just Creatives, a graphic and web design company, and I work primarily with service-based business owners um, for websites, logos, all that kind of fun stuff. And then I also have a second business, um, Easy Peasy Studio, where I do video and podcast editing with my husband and also YouTube management. Very cool. Well, one of the things that really interested me about having Jess come on here, there's a she has a blog post and an ebook that I'm going to link in the show notes for you guys to be able to get. But the blog post that really caught my eye was getting started on YouTube and branding your videos. Uh, obviously, with the podcast, I don't have visual branding necessarily because I don't have the visual part of this going on. But um, YouTube is something that even I have struggled with as advanced as I feel that I have been in marketing. Um, I I have struggled just nailing the YouTube. So this is going to be a learning experience um, for me as well. And I guess my biggest question to you, which I kind of already feel I know the answer, but do you feel that video is essential in marketing a business now? And how has that changed maybe from the last couple of years? Yeah, so I absolutely believe that video is essential um, for, I mean, this year and last year, maybe even the year before, you know, all the experts said video is it. That's like king mm-hmm. this year. Um, and I, you know, I started YouTube about two years ago and I myself was he- hesitant to start doing video. I didn't want to be on camera and you know, I'm like, blogging is fine. That's enough. <laughs> it's um, stressful to get in front of the camera. You have to do your hair, your makeup, put on pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the whole nine yards. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not as simple as just typing up a quick blog post, but, um, it really, I mean, YouTube is owned by Google. So it's like, it's super easy to, um, not, I shouldn't say easy, but it's easier for you to show up in Google search results with videos because mm-hmm. it's like its own search engine. Um, and it really um, is makes it amazing connections with your audience. Um, it really builds that no like, and trust factor with your audience. I have had several clients who were talking to me, you know, about like, oh, do I need a website? Do I want to hire you? And then they had questions. I had videos to answer those questions. I sent it to them and they hired me and, you know, fast forward to the end of the project, I'm getting feedback and they're like, I saw you on video. I saw that you knew what you were talking about, Mm. that you were nice, you were relatable and that sold it for me. That's awesome. And I'm talking, 
and this is like my early videos that I'm super awkward. <laughs> I'm not like comfortable on camera. It's like one minute long. So it's not even, you know, and I shot it with my iPhone. So not a fancy video, not a long video. And that has helped seal the deal on getting me more clients. Just so, a simple video. So if it is really, I mean, yeah, there is some that comes into it, but it can be simple. Why do you think that so many businesses are not utilizing video content? I mean, I've already told you mine. I don't want to put on pants. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think uh, one of the biggest things, which was my problem, was you don't feel comfortable on camera. Mm-hmm. You know, none of us like hearing ourselves or looking at ourselves, and that's because we're not used to it. Like, unless you are, you know, a newscaster, you're probably not used to being on camera. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you do every day. Um, Even when we, you know, do Instagram stories and stuff like that, it's totally different when you're uploading a video to YouTube where millions of people can watch you. Um, So I think the first thing is people are just scared of it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and I was too. So I'm not saying that in a derogatory way, because I totally was too. Um, but then I think it's also the technical aspect, you know, like, well, what do I shoot with? How do I edit? And how do I actually like upload a video and actually see some ROI from it? You know, how do I just, do I just upload and call it like movie number one? (laughs) Like, is that actually going to work? Or, you know, it's learning all the technical stuff. So it is, you know, it is its own platform. So there is a learning curve, but um, it's definitely worth investing the time into it and if necessary, some money. Um, but it really can be like a game changer for your business and for your visibility. Well, you know, it's interesting, you know, the first point you said that we don't like looking at ourselves, you don't like hearing ourselves, even myself as a speaker, I cringe whenever I do it, but it is a routine practice that I have integrated in order to grow myself. And even if I'm Mm -hmm. not necessarily going to do video, just the mere idea of knowing how to change my presentation, because I'm going to have to interact with people in life, especially in business at some point. Uh, And whether that means I'm going to translate it to video or not. So I kind of feel like you can kill two birds with one stone. You the more you do it, the more comfortable you really I feel you get in front of the camera or public speaking. Uh, I was terrified. If you had told me 10 years ago that I'd be a public speaker traveling the world to speak, I'd been like, you're crazy. Um, But (laughs) I I started it by self-recording. None of those will Mm -hmm. ever see the light of day, but I did it to learn what I needed to change. But the second one also, and I think honestly, this is sometimes, even with my background as a photographer, that I can get overwhelmed about the type of equipment that I need to get started with video. I mean, what would you suggest for people to look or a resource that they can kind of get going on that? Yeah. So I always tell people, you can absolutely start with your iPhone or your, even if you have like an Android or whatever, you can start with your smartphone. The cameras now are so good. It doesn't even matter. Um, and really, I mean, yes, you'll see YouTubers who have like super high definition videos. Um, but it's not, a must have. Mm-hmm. They really, people want to see you. They want to hear from you. They want to connect with you and having, you know, a small megapixel difference <laughs> in the definition right. of your video is not going to be a deal breaker. Now, 
if you are sitting in the dark corner of your basement and you like can't hardly see yourself and it's yeah. echoey, okay, maybe maybe we can change that. <laughs> um, but really, starting with your iPhone, sit at your desk or stand in front of a wall. It doesn't have to be fancy. I my first videos were shot with an iPhone sitting at my desk. Um, I think I had no at that point. I didn't even have like lighting. I didn't have professional lighting. I just used the light in my room. That was it. Um, eventually I upgraded to a slightly better camera and I stood in front of a window so that the lighting was a little bit better. And now I use a DSLR with a microphone and a light set. So it, and I've only done these upgrades out of my own desire, Mm -hmm. like just because I wanted it to look nicer. Does anybody like call out? Oh my gosh, you are shooting videos on an iPhone. How dare you? Like, you know, no, I actually feel like it's almost more forgiving now to have a lower quality, which is so funny because you would think it'd be the opposite that as technology mm-hmm. has advanced, we would expect a more higher quality video. But mm-hmm. because of reality TV shows and Instagram stories, Facebook Live, I feel like everyone is really more accepting of imperfect video. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I mean, some people edit out their tiny little bloopers or, you know, they stumble over their words and they'll redo it. And that's, I mean, it's fine if you want to redo that, but people know that you're not perfect. Mm -hmm. And I mean, especially if you're doing kind of a vlog style, like you're maybe going behind the scenes showing, um, you know, you go to an event or you're just like, Hey, here's a look into my day. Then that especially people don't expect perfection. They don't expect the super high quality. Mm -hmm. Um, And people really enjoy, as much as, um, you know, informative educational videos are great, people also really like to see just behind the scenes and, like, who is this person, Mm -hmm. you know, that I see teaching me all this stuff? Like, what are they like day to day? Mm -hmm. Um, So even if you, like, maybe vlog with your your iPhone and then use something else for your, you know, educational videos, that's totally fine. And just doing whatever is easiest, whatever Mm -hmm. is going to make it, the most comfortable for you to, you know, start doing video, that's, that's what really matters. That's what I always say you should use. Well, and it also begs the question to me, coming around to this whole idea of these fears of the technology, fears of public speaking, would you recommend that people do pre-recorded video content to put on YouTube or maybe do Facebook Live and then upload it to YouTube? What is your recommendation with that? Um, so you can kind of do a combination, especially now that you can go live on YouTube, especially, um, you can, I know there are people that do Facebook lives and then download them and upload them to YouTube. Some people will say it doesn't convert as well because they know they're watching a Facebook live Mm -hmm. and you're like chatting. You're like, Oh, hi, Mary. (laughs) (laughs) And so they, they don't like it as much. Um, but I think it kind of depends because I know some people who do Facebook lives and they don't interact with the, um, watchers. They don't like greet them or anything. They just do the live and then download it and that's it. So that you can't really tell. So I think it's great to do Facebook lives um, because that helps your Facebook reach and it'll help you get more comfortable on camera. Really, truly, the more you do video in whatever form, if it's Instagram live, Facebook live, you just record videos and they don't go anywhere. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Any of that um, can really be beneficial. So 
I think it depends on the length and the content of the Facebook live. It's, and it kind of depends on your channel. Like if, if you are a newer channel, I might hold off until, you know, you're in it for a mm-hmm, year or a few mm-hmm. months, you have some more followers, um, so that they are used to your pre-recorded content. And then you can start throwing in these lives to, you know, supplement your other videos. The one thing I like about the pre-recorded video content is that if I screw up, I can stop. Whereas if I'm on live, I mean, it's more (laughs) real, but, or if like the dogs come rip roaring through the, if I'm recording from the house, I've had that happen in the middle of a live, Mm -hmm. the dogs go nuts and, um, but if I'm like trying to deliver a real educational piece, it doesn't come off real well, um, yeah. which is unfortunate. So, all right. So you say do it. Don't worry too much about the technology. But I know that some people will have this mindset, despite being told that they should get the minimum viable product out there, they still want their videos to look as professional as possible. What are mm-hmm. like two tips that you could give to kind of help give a little bit of that professional polish? Uh, one thing I would say is be aware of your background or your your setting. Mm-hmm. Um, so make it look a little bit interesting. So if you go back to my early videos, I'm sitting at my desk. You can see like my computer, some pens. You know, it's pretty clean, whatever. Um, and that was great because it kind of gives context. You can see that like, okay, she's sitting at a desk. So it's probably business related. I'm not going to start talking about how to cook macaroni. <laughs> um <laughs> And then, you know, now I stand in front of a gallery wall that I have in my office and it just gives some more visual interest. Now, there's nothing like wrong with standing in front of just a blank wall. I know a lot of people. That's what I do. And it's so bad. (laughs) (laughs) But it's there's nothing wrong with it, because, again, people are just they want to learn from you. They're not going to be like, oh, my gosh, this video is so boring. She's standing in front of a wall. (laughs) That's not it at all. But it just gives some more visual interest. It, it makes it a little bit, for lack of a better word, prettier. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um, and it just, you know, again, gives that setting. The other thing is really pay attention to your lighting. Um, so maybe you stand in front of a window. I did that for several, several videos, um, probably like five or six months worth of videos. Um, if you don't have a great window or if like the window's in an awkward spot and you're like, well, I have nowhere to set up my camera, there are pretty inexpensive lighting, you know, light kits, light boxes that you can get just off Amazon. Um, you could get one that just sits behind your camera. You could get a light ring, though those tend to be a little more expensive. Um, you can have, I mean, I've seen people who DIY, like they make their own light ring or they'll just set up tall lamps. I actually their- just got a really decent um, ring light off of Amazon for about 20 bucks and it has a tripod area that I can put my um, phone so I can oh, do well, Facebook Live. It was about 20. I haven't used it yet. I just unpacked it yesterday. Um, it's a little smaller than I would like for like the ring size, but mm-hmm. I'll test it out and I'll add it into the show notes if it works out. Nice. Yeah. So there are, you don't have to have, you know, like four light boxes and, you know, these drapes, like it does not have to be fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, there are several options out there for lighting. Um, you can even look on YouTube for DIY lighting kits or, um, YouTubers often share like their studio setups and the link to the specifics that they use. Awesome. So, 
um, I mean, yeah, you could definitely, you know, spend a couple thousand dollars on lighting, but you don't need to, um, you can find things for under a hundred dollars. So those two things I think make the best, um, looking videos is your background and your lighting. Awesome. And so if say someone is just starting out, what would be like the main style content that video would be good to dip their toes into maybe should they start with like tip list or how-to videos and I know this is dependent upon what they're selling and offering but is there like one format that is easier for video beginners to present yeah so I usually recommend starting with how-to videos because those are pretty easy it's you know hey here's how to do xyz and Mm -hmm. you you know record your screen or if it's a physical thing, you just show it, you unbox it or, you know, whatever. Um, so those are pretty straightforward. It's, there's not a lot of, you know, thought leadership in it. It's, this is the matter of fact, this is what you do. So there's not, you don't have to worry too much about scripting it and Mm -hmm. all that kind of fun stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and is there like a target video length for that, that they should shoot for? Um, it's recommended, to stay under at least five minutes, but you definitely want to pay attention to your YouTube analytics mm, because yes. you can see when people drop off of a video and you can look specifically at each video, but you can also look at your channel average. Gotcha. So for me, my audience loves videos under two minutes. Oh my gosh, I talk way too much to do two minutes. I even have a podcast, this one, that is like 10, 15 minute episodes. And that's still like, there's no way I could do two minutes. Yeah, so. um, No way. I know, and it's crazy, but, and not to say that, um, you know, you have to stay under that. And part of the reason that my audience probably does like that is because the first three months of my videos were specifically one minute or less. Uh, yeah. Like I had a see, so I kind of trained them to stay for short videos. So I kind of bit myself in the butt doing that. Um, and not to say that I definitely have videos that are four minutes long. Um, it's not that you have to stay under that, but um, no, I think beginners. that's good. I think that kind of helps some of the pressure maybe for people listening thinking, oh my gosh, I don't like to talk. I had to present for an hour. This shows you that just a couple of minutes can have mm-hmm. great impact. Yeah. And I mean, I tell people all the time, like I have another friend who just like you, she's like, I have so much to say. <laughs> and I was like, you just need to break it up into different little segments um because in that also will help I mean a you get more video content right you know like it's you have more videos that you can post but also you can really niche down on your title so if you let's say you're doing like an Instagram video um you could yeah you could have like a 10-15 minute video on like here are all the Instagram things you need to know Mm. or you could break it up and talk about Instagram hashtags Instagram filters Instagram algorithm and really you know title those well and start ranking your videos so that's that's a super smart yeah because I know and I think that you and I have similar um audience avatars I mean like for mine is essentially me like it's busy Mm -hmm. moms who are trying to run their business and and that was the why business bites came about as a small bite uh is because I didn't I don't have time to sit and listen to 45 minute podcasts right um so I love that I absolutely love that tip um you know and that was what was interesting is you talk about it also being a 
search engine with a search engine, having YouTube and Google so interrelated. Um, mm-hmm. In your blog post where you talk about getting started on YouTube, you also then have an ebook that is how to triple your traffic. And I, mm-hmm. the whole idea of this super niche marketing within the titles is can, can we give them a little bit like what's in the ebook? Do you touch on getting super specific? Yes, yes. And my biggest tip when it comes to, you know, the keywords to the niching down in your title being really specific um, is using the Google Keyword Planner to look up uh, search words, Mm, pay attention. You want to find ones that are low competition and high volume. And you'll see on the Google Keyword Planner, there's columns that say competition and search volume. Um, and then you can also use plugins like uh, TubeBuddy that will help you search those kinds of things. Oh. And then once you have um, a bunch of videos up, or even just doesn't have to be a bunch, but a few videos, there's a section in your YouTube analytics that you can see what people are searching when they land on your video. So that might give you additional oh, video ideas. I'm writing this down for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you'll go to the video um, and then you can see search and there's a heading and you can see like where are people finding you and you'll see, oh, it's suggested videos. It was embedded externally or YouTube search. And then um, you can click on that and you'll see, oh, Squarespace SEO. SEO for Squarespace, Squarespace search, like, you know, different things like that. And it'll give you all the different things. And sometimes that helps you come up with additional ideas of, Mm -hmm. oh, like someone was searching that I could make a video that's really targeted to that title. Um, Even if this one is kind of related, I could make a more targeted one on this information. Oh, I love it. So what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to link all of this. This is going to be episode 35. So it's going to be at rachelbranke.com forward slash EPI 35. What I'm going to do is I'm going to link the blog post and the ebook that she has. But I want you guys to listen closely to what Jess was just saying. She was pointing out all the things that can come out of just narrowing your niche on your title, looking up these keywords. You guys hear me talk a lot in the other episodes about how I want to have uh, every action that I take, I want to get multiple benefits out of it. And right here, you're getting new ideas for other content. You're being able to go for the keywords that are um, high quality, but not necessarily that competitive so you can be found. Um, I absolutely love that you phrased it and approached it that way and that you also have the same approach uh, to developing this kind of content. Uh, I guess I just have one final question for you. This is so much information. I already have so many notes because this is something I really want to embrace a little bit more in my business. But do you yeah. have like one final tip um, that you, that could be like one key takeaway? Not that we haven't had plenty, but one key <laughs> takeaway for them to take with them about utilizing video content in their business marketing. Be consistent. Don't feel like you have to start with five videos a week or three videos. Like do one a week make them short, do a minute or two minutes, and then just be consistent because that's the greatest way to get subscribers. I mean, think about your favorite TV shows. You know it comes on every Tuesday at Mm -hmm. 8 o'clock. They know to tune in, and that's, you know, people are going to expect the same from you. Mm -hmm. So 
really getting consistent or even if you can't do once a week, do every other week or once a month, but stick to a schedule. You know, one of the things that I always talk about um, is, and that I do in my business is I do kind of this batch processing where I do Mm, a whole bunch of recording because then I don't have to set up and tear down and I get it all done at once. I was trying to find the episode actually that I talked about this, um, in depth and I can't find it at this moment I'll stick it in the show notes but um, I so then I only have to put on pants for like one week to do my recording (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to do it every week but yes awesome all right well Jess thank you so much this was a great insight into this I hope it inspires uh people to it definitely inspired me but I hope it inspires some of the listeners to put video into their business I feel like we can't get away from it now everybody's using it everyone loves it everyone's sharing it let people market for you all you have to do is give them the content to do so mm-hmm. I will link all of Jess's information into the show notes again that's going to be at rachelbranke.com forward slash epi35 thanks for being here thanks for joining Rachel on this episode of the business bites for show notes a list of recommended tools or referenced episodes you can find them at businessbitespodcast.com until next time